0: Hi, W-M-A-Y. Hi, it's D.B. Sweeney calling from Mike. Hey, D.B., this is Mike. How you doing? I'm great, Mike. How are you? Good, good. We were just uh, talking about the laundry list of amaz- uh, fantastic movies you've been in over the years. But the one you're promoting today, um, when I first read the just the title of the movie, Manson Brothers' Midnight Zombie Massacre, something pops in your mind, you know, with the name Manson. But then... It's a movie I never knew I needed in my life as a pro wrestling fan and a zombie movie fan. It combines both those worlds into one.
1: It's fantastic in that regard, and and, uh, I didn't even know that there was sort of a local wrestling circuit. Um, Everybody watches wrestling on TV, but uh, the writers of this movie, Chris Margatis and Mike Carey, they both were professional wrestlers in the 90s. Um, You know, they'd play, like, venues where – You know, not in big cities usually, but some place that held maybe 500 or 700 people, and it was a real thriving kind of entertainment that got wiped out by you know when WWE Mm and RAW and all that stuff went national because the promoters of those shows would go around and poach the star performers in uh, Dayton, Ohio, or wherever the case may be, and you know put them into bigger positions on TV, and then those uh, those venues would dry up and die. So it was fascinating that these guys lived in that world. And then, you know, they had me at zombie. I always wanted to do a zombie movie and uh, so uh put the wrestling and the zombie together. And I think it's a lot of fun.
0: I was going to say, uh what was your first reaction when you read the script? Were you like, "Holy crap, this is amazing?"
1: Yeah, I th- I really liked it. I liked the banter. I liked the uh, you know, the malapropism and uh and my character Vic Quickbuck was very <laughs> underdeveloped in the movie and I said I'd like to, you know, make him as big as the scale of the movie and uh Mike and Chris and uh, the director, Max Martini, who's an old friend of mine, they all agreed. They were like, yeah, go run with it. So, uh, you know, I bought that suit and a sharkskin (laughs) suit. And it's just like he's somebody that's really uh, got an overinflated sense of his own importance and his own uh, smarts. And I think that's always uh, a comedic uh, situation.
0: (laughs) Well, who did you kind of – look for when you kind of were forming that performance because let's face facts in the professional wrestling world there are a ton of over-the-top personalities were there a couple in particular that you were like i liked a little bit of that like with the suit jimmy hart was a guy that always wore loud obnoxious suits and with the name like vic QuickBuck, it kind of sounds a little vince McMahony to me as well
1: yeah there was definitely a little vince mcMahon and and uh you know i there was a, there was some people that weren't famous that I worked with back in the day in the theater okay who, and some of them were actually stage managers and the stage <laughs> manager you know has a lot of power when you're right. doing a play, he tells everybody to get in places he calls the cues, he does all those things, and some of these guys and girls would think that they were the star of the show <laughs> and that their performance of okay lights to have <laughs> right and Go. You know, and, and I just always thought that was a funny uh, uh, character, and I was, I was always looking for a way to bring that to life. So a little Vince McMahon, a little stage manager, and then just a little bit of uh, you know the old-school Frankenstein uh, uh, horror movies that are not really scary. They're more funny.
0: Right. That's fantastic. We're talking with the actor D.B. Sweeney new movie, Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre, coming out in theaters and on demand this Friday. Let me ask you, uh, working in a zombie movie, what's it like in between takes when you just have like a bunch of zombie extras sitting around?
1: Well, this is really a, a fun uh, group of people. I mean, I, I've known Adrian Pazdar for a long time, and Max Martini, the director, and I had worked with uh, with Mike Carey on Chirac, the Spike Lee movie here in Chicago, so I knew him. So we had a bunch of uh, you know dingbats, and when when you know in between takes, we were it was pretty much like when the, when it was rolling, we're playing cards, we're you know breaking each other's chops, and. It was a really, really fun experience. We were in like one of the worst little towns in New Mexico outside of Santa Fe because that's where they give you the most money, okay, um, in incentives. And <laughs> right. so, but there was nothing there. There was no no restaurants. There was nothing. It was a really
0: badly ravaged area. Ugh.
1: And so, because of that, it when you sometimes when you're filming in a really bad place, it brings everybody together.
0: Oh, I can only imagine. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, one of your career highlights. The Cutting Edge, the quintessential, uh, quintessential rom-com. What is it about that movie that allows it to hold up so well over time?
1: Well, it starts with the script. Uh, it's Tony Gilroy's first script, and he's one of the great writers in Hollywood. And I wrote all the Born Identity movies, and he wrote uh, so many other great movies, Michael Collins. Uh, You know, he's really the the dean of Hollywood screenwriters right now, and this was the movie that launched him. So when you have a great script like that, it gets you off on the right foot. And then Moira and I were both from Long Island, and uh, when we met, it was sort of like we felt like we'd known each other forever, and we both learned to skate. We spent three months training and just trying to get the very basics of skating so that we could do this movie. So every day we would be up very early in the morning going to the rink and training, and that's that's a big chunk of the movie's story is these two people who – fall for each other while they're training so we we had the opportunity to get to know each other in a very organic way it wasn't like you know oh, let's go have lunch or let's you know let's have these meetings or something or nowadays it'd be zooms but right. <laughs> we, we just spent a lot of time together with our attention on a task and it was just a great uh, organic kind of rehearsal process
0: as a, as somebody who later in life learned how to skate and play hockey, how difficult of process was that compared to, I don't know, getting ready for a big role in a film? Because skating is not the easiest thing to do.
1: No, it was extremely hard. And, and the uh, Paul Michael Glazer, who's Starsky on TV, directed the movie. And he said, you know, just get what you can and we'll, we'll use doubles and we'll figure it out. And, you know, they really didn't expect Moira and I to get very good at it at all. But, you know, having made a few movies at that point, I, I, I knew how they were put together editorially. So uh, I knew that the most important thing was going to be the way I start my skating. Like uh-huh. the way, if I chat, chat, chat to Moira and then skate away. So the first step skating away was very important. And then other scenes would start with me arriving next to Moira and stopping and so i knew that the the way i stopped had to be <laughs> second nature and the way that i started and then the, that hopefully that they would cut the rest of it would be cut out to stunt doubles or, or some other footage
0: and you don't expect stopping to be as difficult as it is but to ma- to make it look graceful is exceedingly difficult at times when you're on the ice
1: yeah, and when you're just starting out as a skater, you you know, you, you don't know that you're going to stop. So right. it's a leap of faith, yes. and, uh, you know, there were definitely some wrecks, but it didn't go the way I
0: wanted. And, it, you know, if, if Mora got hit, you know, it kind of just works into the, the whole back-and-forth you characters had in the movie, so it ended up working out yeah. just fine for you. Just, just keep rolling. Uh, let me ask you this. I know our time is very short. Do you ever get tired of people yelling out toe-pick to you?
1: No, you know, I'm so proud of that movie, and, and it makes so many people happy. It doesn't have a mean bone in its body, and... People watch it over and over again, and uh, it's you know I, 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 for a while it sort of made me roll my eyes, but uh, you know I, I just accept it now. It's part of my legacy, and uh, I'm just glad that I have movies uh, like that one and Eight Men Out and the Lonesome Dove that people watch over and over again. So uh, th- I think that's a great gift.
0: Yeah. DB Sweeney, it is a pleasure talking to you. I I didn't even scratch the surface. Uh, I would love to talk Eight Men Out with you. Memphis Bells, another one of my favorite movies. Uh, fantastic films, and I'm looking forward to a Manson Brothers Midnight Zombie Massacre this Friday. It looks fantastic as well. Best of luck to you going forward. and love to have you back on the program sometime to, to talk more about some of the other movies you've done in the past. Thanks. I would love to do that. Thank you very much for having me on. Of course. Take care. That is actor D.B. Sweeney taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll definitely have to have him back on because I didn't even scratch the surface. Uh, with 8 Man Out, Memphis Bell. He was also the voice of uh, the main character Aladar in Dinosaur which I'll have to get to as a Disney fan. Have to talk about that with him at some point as well. But uh, Manson Brothers' Midnight Zombie Massacre, this Friday in theaters and on demand, a pro-wrestling zombie movie that involves magical Lucha Libre masks. What the hell else could you ask for?